Uh, several other announcements that we'd love for you to take time to look at in your bulletin, but one specifically, you're probably wondering, why is Brent doing announcements? It's because I, I want to give a specific uh, explanation and, and give you just some honest, humble insights uh, to why, if you looked in your bulletin already, you've seen January 27th uh, is our plan to go to two identical mirrored services here in the sanctuary. And what I want to do is something I can't give you in the week to week, and that's just right here, a, a longer form personal explanation of three different factors that have gone into this uh, for your elders and your staff. And we want your feedback, uh, by God's grace, maybe even your encouragement uh, at some point through this process. But I want to be able to provide for you three different reasons that are impacting this decision. Uh, you called me as your senior pastor uh, 10 months ago, and it's been a joy for us to be here. Part of that time has been looking and understanding our vision that grace has set out for itself as a church committed to the word, devoted to the word, gathering together in uh, gospel-centered worship, sacrificial service, uh, and being a, a church family. Uh, and what I've observed in that time is to fulfill the vision that God has called us to making disciples, our structure on Sunday mornings has an inherent limp built into that process. So I want to be able to give you a more full picture than what you see just happen here in the sanctuary on Sunday mornings. And so I'm going to give you three of those quicker reasons. Number one is, not necessarily these are in particular order, but really this is one of the big factors. When you called me some time ago, I asked, how are you doing childcare with one service? That was one of my questions. How are you doing what happens across the street with one service? Because how are you not burning through volunteers like crazy? Well, that was my big question right away I had for the committee. How are you not just burning through leaders who are over there and missing for the last two years, the corporate worship gathering. Uh, and that was one of my biggest questions. And we have so many people, I would embarrass you and ask you to stand. Obviously, they're standing over there right now. Uh, but every week, we have 20 to 30 or so adults who serve with our children, not just watching our children, babies, nursery, uh, pre-K, buddies, kindergartners, all the way up through fifth grade in our kids' ministry, but they are training those young people uh, it's incredible what they're doing, even from the pre-K age, of teaching them the gospel stories, showing how all these things point to Jesus and their need for Jesus and the goodness of Jesus. It is wonderful what they're doing. But here's what happens. Those people are sacrificing gathering together in a corporate worship service, which we believe is fundamental for making disciples. And I don't want that to happen. I, I, I think what happens here is valuable. And the more faithful we become in worship, which happens when our schedules typically normalize, which is what I think happened in October and August, September, when our, our, we, we got much more full, filled up in here, is the more we enjoy corporate worship and gathering together, the hard it is, harder it is to ask people to give up corporate worship, to go and to invest in our children and pre-K and our kids and our students. And so the first reason is I want to provide it an opportunity for all those who serve in our, in, in our kids' ministries to be able to gather together for a time of corporate worship in one of our worship services that will be completely identical, same sermon, same service, same location. Uh, and so that, that is part of the desire of going to a 915 and a 1045 service is if you, by God's grace, and part of my hope and our hope as elders is that if you maybe have been on the fence of should I serve, should I not serve, I really don't want to get out of going to worship. You know, I want to keep, make that a part of my life. 
uh, you'll be able to also serve in that ministry to contact John with our kids' ministry, Jenny with our pre-K, uh, Amanda with our buddies' ministry, to be able to serve in that avenue. So that's the, the first dynamic. The second dynamic uh, is with our word-based groups. So being committed to the word. Uh, it is a joy to come together and to worship, but there's something also deeply valuable about being in a, a smaller, more intimate room with a, a small group or a word-based group, a Sunday school class, or a group where you can get to know other people. Our campus is set up in a way in which we have two great meeting locations. That's our chapel, uh, which Bill Flynn's Sunday school class meets in there. If you're looking for a group that meets every single Sunday morning, I cannot recommend that group strong enough for you to consider being involved. But there's only one hour of potential use of those two rooms right now when you're bound to one service. And that's our chapel and our servant leadership training that meets in Henderson Fellowship Hall. Those two areas are used. The only other space we have that's good at this point uh, for smaller to medium-sized groups is room 200 in our kids' room right when you walk in. And we found, uh, we've, if you've been a part of our membership classes, we've not done those in the same place because we've been trying to find a place that works well. Well, we found one. It's in that room 200. The same for our baptism class. It meets right in there every other month when they get together. But what going to two identical services will do is it will provide us a second opportunity to be good stewards of these two great meeting rooms, our chapel and our Henderson Hall. And our desire in this way is to provide for you an opportunity to be a part of short-term seminars. These are strategic training times that will take place that will not require you to leave and to give up another evening. One of the things I don't want to see ever happen for you is that your schedule is filled up with five things a night at Grace Bible Church. I don't want you to be away from your family that much. I don't want you to not have the opportunities to invite neighbors over to your house to get to know them, to share a meal with them. And so if we can take our existing structure, extend it by one hour by having two identical services, we can have a strategic training time, which are seminars. These are short-term but intentional ways of training in our body. And so on February 3rd, you might have seen this in your bulletin. You wouldn't have heard it announced because I definitely did not announce it a minute ago. Uh, but our marriage seminar, we're going to have a church-wide marriage seminar, which is going to meet in Henderson Hall at 1045. It's a six-week commitment. And then that seminar will stop. And then beginning on Easter, we'll be promoting this real large for by God's grace. We'll have many visitors that day. As a class that Bobby Austin has been working on. He's been trying to figure out a time to launch it because he doesn't want to have people come during nights, weekends. He's trying to figure out what to do. But this seminar is going to be called Parenting and Grandparenting in a Digital Age. It's going to be a four-week seminar on Sunday mornings that will meet at 10.45 a.m. You'll have an opportunity not only to hear from other students who are giving you the very honest assessment of, listen, parents, here's how we get away with what you don't think we're doing. It's going to be also a time of specific training as how do you parent and how do you be a Christian parent in a highly digital age. It's going to be a specific seminars. And so that's what the goal is for that second time. This is a four-month commitment. This is not a forever time of commitment. But as we see by God's grace, kind of thirdly, as we look at our service structure, if you look around right now and we're only looking at what happens in here in this room, you look around and say, well, I look around and there's definitely plenty of room here. But there's somebody I want to draw your attention to. And I asked his permission. Uh, I think I did. Bob, I hope I did. If you look up here at Bob Nelson uh, in the front. Let's hear it for Bob Nelson. I definitely did not ask his permission to do that. So Bob, forgive me. But Bob is sitting in the front, and Bob used to always sit towards the back. And if you remember, when we were in September, and we were 
well over that 80% or right around that 80% full mark on a con several consistent weeks, I asked if you would consider moving forward and then moving kind of inward towards the middle of your pew. It's because we were so full at several different weeks in a row. Bob, with his daughters, oftentimes, then he's just stuck with it. Even though we've had, since the holidays anyway, we've not been crunched at all for space in here. And yet Bob has sat faithfully up here. My prayer and my assumption is that when we are through the holidays, come March and April, as we approach Easter, not only will we not need, obviously, to, to add another service for Easter time to get more visitors and our more members who will attend that service, but by God's grace, we have not only plenty of room uh, for growth in our services, uh, you have room to invite friends, obviously, and neighbors and others that will be here, uh, but my prayer and my hope during that time is at Easter, we won't add two services, and then go back to one service. We'll be able to stay with this through the school semester till Memorial Day when we'll go back to one service for just that four-month period of time. Now, uh, our students, likewise, our youth ministry, will be having a, a, children's Sunday, a, a youth Sunday school time at 9.15 and at 10.45 a.m. So what we're finding right now even, and I'm going to cut this off here in the next 45 minutes, uh, what... <laughs> What we find at that time is that because we don't have a full-fledged children's opportunity, because our kids' ministry and our kids' space is, is growing full, the entire, you may not know this, our entire discovery building over here is completely filled with our children activities, which is a blessing. But if you don't have, if you have something for students, not very many parents want to drive to campus to bring them to youth Sunday school and then leave for an hour and then come back to church. So you kind of need all four wheels of those working together. Now, I understand that this request is totally going to inconvenience your schedule. It's going to change when you meet. It's going to change, uh, you know, your normal flex. And I don't, I don't minimize that at all. And I would ask if you would consider, if you're not going to serve, so I would ask that you consider serving in one of those areas. But if you're not at a place to serve, I'm going to ask you something that may sound unusual, okay? Uh, if you're not going to be involved in a seminar or in, uh, in a place of service, that for a season, maybe for a few weeks, you would consider attending, if you would, again, have to, you would consider attending both services for a small amount of time. Not simply to make it feel more full in those rooms, but here's my specific request to you that you would consider. Would you consider sitting in a place you normally don't sit, with part of the goal being, I want to get to know some other people at Grace Bible than I normally do? When in Missouri, we went to multiple services from one to two, then to three, one of the challenges that we had, and our older adults actually are the ones that spearheaded this, is they decided part of the difficulty and the uncomfortableness, I want to be in a full room, right? There's just something I think is really sweet about that experience. But when I asked them, how many people do you get to meet? If you didn't know this, part of my goal is I want to be able to catch and to meet every one of you, but many of you are too quick for me and you get out of the service before I can catch you. Uh, you can only talk to maybe eight or ten people on a Sunday morning if those are worthwhile conversations. But what I asked them is, even though you're not in the full room with the four or five hundred other people or however many people are in the space, how many people do you get to talk to that morning? And what we found is many of our adults that, that took leadership opportunities, if they weren't serving somewhere, is they sat somewhere else with the goal of getting to know another person, another family, on a Sunday-by-Sunday -Sunday basis. And some of those senior adult leaders and others became our most valuable champions in actually making uh, Grover a, a place to call home. And that's part of, I think, the opportunity that we'll have for just this four-month commitment to be able to get to know a lot of other church members that you don't know right now as family. 
Now, again, I could go on for a long time. Some of you have been trapped with me over coffee if I sought your wisdom over this, and you would agree with that. Brent really can go on for hours about this, so please don't let that happen. Right, Bill? Bill's nodding back there. Bill, you're kind of hurting my feelings, okay? But he's right. He's experienced it firsthand. And so what I do want to do, because we are a church committed to mission, so any, uh, hear me, any questions, any concerns that you have, we are a church that believes in transparency, and here's where we're at, and here's factors that have gone into this decision. You call, you ask, you email, right? Share those concerns, share those questions. Uh, We do absolutely care, fundamentally, but we do believe this is a wise thing to do at this season in our church for a four-month commitment together.